Welcome to Drunk Art Review, the podcast where everyone from teetotal to blind ass drunk is mm-hmm. welcome to give their honest opinions on all forms of art. I'm Jenny. And I'm Rosie. Um, and this is Drunk Art Review. And we've missed you. Haven't we? Oh, like, honestly, it's been months. Mainly my fault. I've been too busy and we've kind of, you know, had to reschedule and reschedule again. But finally now on a Thursday evening in the height of summer, uh, <laughs> we're actually... We're doing it. it. Yeah, we're fucking doing it. Yeah, we're, we're back on and we're, we're, yeah, welcome. So happy to be doing this again. <laughs> I mean, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're busy and you're stressed and you're having to do all this other work and stuff, you're like, oh man, you know, like, I want to have time for something that's so amazing and so fun and so like, you know, you get to get in tune with yourself again doing mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And when you're busy, like you don't, you, you miss that. So yeah. coming, coming back to it feels we, great. We've both had a lot going on these last few months, so it's nice to just yes, we hanker have. down and yeah. get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like as well that we have not uh, upgraded our recording equipment. No, nope. or gone to a soundproof room. No, nope, <laughs> we're, we're still, we're still, you know, still in the front room it. of my house. Yeah, window I, open. I like I said, slumming it, but your house is lovely. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's not like it's not like we're just in a shed somewhere. We're actually in a very nice house with a very nice piece of oh. you know, IT equipment. Oh, it's yeah, just, yeah. You know, we're just not professionals, that's what we're saying. Yeah, I mean I've been meaning to get a microphone. But we'll uh, that'll eventually we'll eventually get that. I mean when you've got your studio going. Yeah, yeah, when I have my studio, more we'll to come be... on that later. Oh yeah. Um yeah, then we'll we'll upgrade eventually. But for now this works. Yeah, yeah. So it's always so nice when people come over to my house, they're like, Oh, I love your house so much and I'm like, Really? Really? It's such a such a slum, but it really isn't. I, it's it's nice. It's nice when my friends say it to me. Her house isn't a slum, uh, yeah. and we don't mean that in an offensive way. Let's put a disclaimer now. We're not being derogatory. If you... <laughs> yeah, if you live in a slum, that's fine. I might edit that out. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Yeah, whatever. Um. Yeah. Anyway, our drinks of choice tonight, um, because we've said tea before, total yeah. tonight. Yes. We are tea total tonight. Um, it's a Thursday. It's I a mean, Thursday night. Both got, well, I've got work. I've got important stuff to do tomorrow. Can't yeah. talk about that at the moment, but I we'll know. see how hush, that goes. Hush, hush, hush. Um, but we, you know, we said before that um, this is not just for, we we call drunk art review, but mm. we're you know everybody is welcome here. So yeah. we're mean, just you know we've got our lemon tea. We're quite happy. We're quite chilled. Mm. Lemon and ginger tea. It's doing a treat. I mean, if ginger. I was a singer, that's what I would use. I am not. Unless we're not, we're not going to test that theory now. to myself, but um, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Drunk art review is not about the standard of just being sloshed and enjoying art, of course that is really fun, but drunk art is all about um, being able to accept art on any level, you know? And any kind of art. Yeah. And from any kind of person. Absolutely. I mean, when you're drunk, all your inhibitions disappear, as many people know, and that's kind of what we're kind of going for with this podcast. Yeah. Isn't it? So, you know. Yeah. It's just, just enjoy. Just sit back and relax. Sit back, relax, listen to our voices. <laughs> yeah, you're in for a ride. I, um, f- I feel giddy even now. It's, it's been so long. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've, 
I love that we're really enjoying ourselves here, reintroducing ourselves. We're sorry to ramble on, but we've really missed this. Oh, so, yeah, it's good, um, it's good. So, to get on with our new theme for this third episode, it's uh, called Soulmates, which you will have seen now on our Drunk Art Review Instagram. If you're not following us, head over there and check us out. Yeah, that's just um, at Drunk Art Review, isn't it? At Drunk Art Review, you can find us on Instagram. I'm pretty sure it is, but we will confirm all of this at the end of the show. Of course, yeah. Um, I'm just all I'm, the links. I'm just, I just want you guys to follow us and enjoy. So I like that we head. have to check our own Instagram. <laughs> I can confirm. It's been a while. I can confirm that we are in fact at Drunk Art Review on Instagram. Look, we've got 43 followers. How did oh, that happen? Wow, check us out. <laughs> um, yeah, head over to Instagram and check us out because um, that's where we post all our updates of upcoming episodes, mm-hmm. upcoming themes. We'll also be posting other stuff within the themes, you know, discussion mm-hmm. points. And also with... Our know, work that we talk about as well. You know, there too. Yeah, so our recommendations yeah. that we talk about at the end of the show. Drinks too. Oh yeah, when yeah. we do special drinks, they'll mm-hmm. be on there. Um, more to come on that later. Yeah, well... Um, I mean, in another episode. We've, yeah, we've got some scheduled up which are going to be really fun, which are definitely going to be drunk we that's a, that's forewarning we yeah, warn you now we, we apologize it's a shit show um <laughs> but yeah so we yeah just and oh that's the other thing we'll be sharing things like any upcoming art events that we're interested mm. in any exhibitions that we think people might be excited to go to and again Absolutely. they're not sponsored they're just things that we like the look of and think actually other people might like these as well yeah yeah share you and know. share alike so you and know. you know if we go maybe you could go and you can meet us like because oh we we went to comic-con didn't we oh that was fun we went to comic-con and i was living because i got to meet some of the people that i've worked with like through comics before and i was like wow that's amazing i've never seen you before we've only ever talked through email but this is amazing um but it was so nice to uh talk to nick bryan of course when i I worked with him on little deaths of watson tower Mm -hmm. um and mark garley I think that's how you say his name. He was great. He was the he was the fun one who had us uh, saying drunk art review in chorus. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yes, I yeah. Remember. He was a bit weirded out by that. Um, and of course, uh, a couple of other people too. Yeah, and ranking, yeah. Um, but it was great talking about drunk mm. art review with them. And so we 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 had a little uh, Instagram sesh, didn't we? Yeah. We were... So we're hoping we're hoping we'll have some interesting guests on as well on future episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying very hard now to put my coffee cup down quietly so I don't make <laughs> any weird background noises. Um. So right. So yeah. On to soulmates. Soulmates. So soulmates as an episode could be interpreted in many different ways. So mm-hmm. it could be soulmates as in a piece of artwork that shows. Soulmates, yeah, the literal standing on it. You know, story about soulmates. Um, I mean, personally, what I've done is I've chosen a piece of art that I feel is my soulmate as a Mm. piece of art. Yeah, I don't know about you. Yeah, I think when we discussed it before, when we were talking about themes, this was definitely the one we really wanted to do because, Mm. I mean, if you'll continue to listen to us in the future and if you know us already, we are both massive lovers of art and we've had art pieces and artists Mm. that have affected us and changed how we perceive our own art Mm. um, and how we enjoy art and how we really like perceive the world because I mean you know great art changes your Mm. mind on things yeah Um, and it gives you epiphanies you know and I think that's why like you I've chosen you know an artist Mm. just like a like an artist that has really really had a done a number on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah whenever i go and talk about him it it, it 
I already know who you're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. About, and you probably know who I'm really going to talk about. That's because I one. know you, girl. It's like, of course. But I'm so ha- I want to know. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah, so I've gone down the route of, as I said, choosing a piece of art that kind of influenced my view on art mm-hmm. when I was really getting into fine art. Um, so I always knew I liked drawing. I always knew I liked painting. I've always been really creative, even as a child. Um, and then I think you get to that point when you're... Well, people get to it at different points in their lives, but I got to this point where I was kind of like learning more about artists and designers and historical art and stuff. You know, yeah. when you you know you're digging deeper into like why do I love art? You really um, push your your fingers into the pie. Yeah, don't you? and you know you're you're looking and exploring and discovering things. Um, and I've spoken about it before. It's no secret. And um, my favorite artist is Gustav Klimt. Mm. Um, I mean, just 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 lap that in for a second. I mean. Like, Gustav Klimt, man. I mean, I find his work utterly glorious, and I've been lucky enough. To, I went to go and see it in Liverpool, in the Tate in Liverpool. Um, <gasps> this was quite a few yeah. years ago now. They had a big exhibition on, and some of the pieces are like floor to ceiling huge and like covered in gold leaf, and just they're just decorative and exquisite. Um, now the first, tingles even uh, thinking about it. It was just you it. walked into this room, and it was just one of the freezes was up on the wall. Oh. And sorry, that was my elbow cracking. You just said. <laughs> But one of the freezes was up on the wall and it's just utterly breathtaking when you mm. finally get to see somebody that you've revered for so long in the flesh. And it was yeah. just extraordinary. Because um, you're, you, when you stand next to a painting that you know the artist made, like someone who you felt such connection with, even just through seeing you know their artwork through books or the mm. internet and things like that, seeing it face to face is overcoming. Like it, it overcomes you in such a way that's like, Ah, oh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a brain orgasm. It is, and I I mean, recently I've luckily I've been, you know, been able to go to New York, and I got to go to lots of beautiful exhibitions in New York, and I got to see pieces of artwork that I've only ever seen in books, and literally mm. I was on the verge of tears because there were these, <laughs> and as sad as that sounds, no, you know, it's but God's like glorious. there were these pieces of artwork, and like I was instead of. In front of Van Gogh, Van Gogh, however you want to say, it, whoever <laughs> you American tomato, or tomato, English. tomato, tomato, whatever. <laughs> Well, I was stood in front of one of these pieces and you know when it just like hits you like mm. oh my god I've only ever seen this piece in a book and I'm literally getting to stare at it like you're standing where he was you know like, like I'm looking at this this artwork that like I never thought I'd get to see in real life and it's a privilege it is a privilege that I'm in this position that I've been able to go and see these beautiful things and like I don't take it for granted don't take art for granted in whatever form you're enjoying it in revel in it I could cry um, right now. Oh, I God, feel it was so, so emotional. <laughs> um, so the first piece of... Back, getting back on the subject, the first piece of art I ever saw by Gustav Klimt, and, you know, one of my still one of my favourites by him, was a piece called The Virgin. Um, he produced it in 1913, um, and it was oil on canvas. Um, a fairly decent-sized piece, 190 by 200 centimetres, and strangely enough, because um, he's quite well-known for his pieces with gold leaf... Um, no gold leaf was actually used on that piece. Really? No, it's all just entirely decorative. Um, so just to give you an idea, it's, I mean, the best way to describe it, it's almost like a pile of women, isn't it, essentially? Surrounded See, I'm, by... I'm reminding myself what, it, what the... I've got, I've got, a, I've got a Gustav Klimt book upstairs, actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, and don't, don't worry, we've all posted the images on our Instagram so you can see what we have been talking about. But essentially it's, when you, at first glance, it's a pile of women surrounded oh, by beautiful floral yes. fabric. Um, oh, oh! I mean, the main feature in the centre is this 
particular woman who is very central and she is essentially the virgin um mm. and there's lots of different things that people have taken from this image so um yeah i, I seeing it again mm. for you know the first time in so long it really reminds you of Egon Shields, like eroticism. Yeah, so I always find Egon Shields' sort of pencil work very similar to Klimt's. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Klimt actually has quite a catalogue of sketchbooks and sketches that people don't tend to know about, which mm. are actually some of my favourite pieces well, he's done. Well, people go straight in for the massive paintings, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but and I'll probably talk about them in a slightly different themed episode <laughs> later in the year, because um, there's oh, some yeah. that are very appropriate for that. Oh, um, And you'll see what I mean when we get there, but... Um, yeah, that Sheil and um, Klimt have got a similarity. So if you like Klimt's work, but you want something a bit darker... A bit raw, Sheil. Yeah, go and check out Sheil. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Darker is definitely the, 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 the terminology for Sheil, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So a little bit kooky, a so little bit odd. And it's kind of sad. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, not this painting, though. No. This painting is not sad. It is an explosion of colour. Um, and it's so... It's erotic, but sensual, and the fact that it's all females together, it's kind of like a celebration of womanhood, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, there was, so, it, what I've got written down, because I did my research on it again, because I... You're so good at research. Oh, I've, I like to make sure I've got all my stuff written down. Um, so, the image itself, there's seven figures in total, uh, with the central sleeping lady, who is, you know, essentially, I think, mm. meant to be the virgin, and the other six are intertwined around her, there's all these beautiful fabrics, All they're all layered up. Um, and the view is kind of from above. Yeah. I'm um, doing the hand actions, you can't see, but you're viewing it from above. Um, <laughs> and there are various symbols within the painting that are alluding to the virgin becoming a woman. Um, so the spirals are meant to represent fertility and the slight parting of her legs from the way she's laying. Um, and there's this question of, oh, what's the virgin dreaming about? Mm. Um, or so experiencing. Yeah, I mean, you so look it's... at her face and she's, she's blissful, like... Um... Yeah, so Benini's, it's... uh like, uh, Mother Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and again, so it's this whole thing of sexual awakening. Um, and I was kind of looking at it from another perspective as well. So could the women that are around her actually be different parts of her personality? Could it be that kind of thing? Yeah. So she is going through this, I'm becoming a woman, as some people like to view it. Well, I mean, you um, and I, and we both, we both, uh went through puberty and, and um, had the womanhood of... happen to us. I mean, yeah. I think we can relate to the ideas of different aspects of ourselves, can't we? Yeah, and I think everybody can. What, however mm. you identify, whether you're male, female, non-binary, everybody yeah, has absolutely, that. Yeah. Everybody goes through that transition period and you mm. almost feel like sometimes you have got different parts of your personality and sometimes they clash. Um, so again, so it could be a representation of that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean... it just we're all such eclectic people aren't we i mean mm. we're so dynamic mm. we are contradictory and we think one way and then another i mm. mean this is a real good representation of that but without it being cynical or negative or anything yeah about no that. it's, it's just... all about the celebration of becoming more of yourself exactly um and again some other ways to look at it as well when you look at this image um in rather than different parts of her personality it could be different stages of her life so it could mm. be different stages of her womanhood or whatever you would like to call it um and then again you can look at this image and then there's a homoerotic interpretation i mean you have a pile of women um and just to give you a little bit of background um klimt was he loved drawing and sketching um women that were masturbating yeah. and quite often masturbating together um if you hear any strange noises right now that just know there is a beagle <laughs> behind my head licking my hair but i'm yeah. gonna carry on like a trooper um <laughs> So yeah, just to give you a bit of background, uh, 
as I said, Clement was interested in women enjoying themselves and quite often yeah. would draw them together. The, sort um, of the true, uh, finding out some, the, the true pleasure or the taboo of it, you know. Yeah, so yeah. He, would, he would quite enjoy sketching women that were, you know, climaxing and that type of thing. And again, in partnership. Mm. Um, so this could, you could go from a point of view that it's a homoerotic interpretation and that actually there are no men populating this fantasy. She could be dreaming and she's surrounded by women. So there is also that side to it as well yeah i mean you know love just yourself be- right you know just because she's a virgin doesn't mean she's out of touch with her desires like there's nothing wrong with being a virgin but having sexual desires you can virgins can orgasm just as hard as any other person you're not being left out guys so <laughs> there's you can look at this painting and take loads of different things from it when you actually mm. start looking for the symbolism in the in the details and things like that i mean i just love it from a perspective because i love really decorative highly patterned things um and even from like my textile background Mm. point of view i love that kind of like surface design and that kind of thing um so i think if you like looking at paintings and finding meanings in them it's a great one because Mm. you could take so many different stories from it um and you can make your own story but if you like looking at paintings from a perspective of this is just beautiful to look at it's just glorious you don't even have to take anything from it you can just look at this piece of artwork and go this is beautiful and not find any meaning in it apart from its beauty. So I think it's great for both things because yeah. that's the thing, again, that we'd like to get across in these podcasts is just because a piece of art has a story doesn't mean you have to understand that story or find your own story in it. You can just like something just because it makes you feel nice when you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you I mean, just like the way something looks. I mean, the whole thing is, is that as soon as um, an artist or anyone makes makes a, a piece of artwork or marks a paper, mm. even if there is meaning behind it and we delve into it and we find out the whole history of it, the meaning and everything like that, mm. it's no longer your own. You've mm. made it. It's out there. Whatever you experience from it or perceive from it or whatever, um, it, because it is a piece of artwork, it's entirely uh, pers- uh, your own perspective on it. Mm. So regardless of yeah, finding a true meaning that's of high art or fine art or anything yeah. like that. It's, you can, it's about just enjoying it or feeling something. You can just enjoy something for the sake of enjoying it. Yeah. I don't know what that noise was. Did you hear that? I heard it too. I think we're being haunted. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is my chosen piece for Soulmates because it is the piece that led me to Gustav Klimt and sort of opened my eyes to him Mm. and, you know. How old were you when you saw this piece? Oh, God, I was 13. 13. Wow. And I was in Mrs Thorpe class. (laughs) Hey, Miss Thorpe. You and Miss Thorpe are like that. Shout out Westbourne High School. Um, (laughs) We both went there. (laughs) Shout out to our high school days. Um, But no, Miss Thorpe did actually, you know, great teacher, showed me a lot of the Mm. artists that I still enjoy now, so... Um, and Gustav Klimt was one of them so Mm. yeah so that's my chosen piece so have a look at it see if you can find any of this possibility of symbolism that we've spoken about you know what do you feel when you look at it do you see any of these stories or any of these interpretations or do you just enjoy it because it's pretty again both is okay Mm. just have a look and see what you think so yeah that's that's my piece um I love that you chose this piece it's just 
I haven't seen it in so long, and to like look at it again and see the sort of the the levels in it. I mean, mm. it's so three D, but also so two D at the same time. And, and I, it it looks like a world of a dream, you know. And I think that's the thing as well. When you look at it, like every time I look at it, I find something new because it's so highly decorative. Mm. There's always new little bits that you notice in it, yeah. which is a lot of Clint's work is like that. There's a lot of because this is so highly patterned. Quite a lot of it, like his, you know, his particular mm. style. You can always find things in there, again, not to be symbolism, but just you look at something and notice, oh, I didn't notice that pretty whatever it was there before, and oh, there's a colour there I hadn't yeah. noticed before. Um, I think you, yeah, he's one of those artists you can always find new interesting things to look at within his work. It's a bit like when you get to zoom in and in and in oh. and in for infinity until mm. you get to the very molecules of, a you know, an yeah. atom. That's, that's what it feels like yeah. looking into his work. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Klimt is, I mean, he's a bay for me as well. Like, but I, I, I know that he's such a love for you, and he's really inspired a lot of mm. your style. I think yeah. too, and it, you know, it's romantic and um, sensual, and has so much passion to it. You can see it across all of his work, really. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, so. More on the uh, homoerotic uh, lesbian sketches to come in a later episode this year. Oh um, yeah, that's going to be phenomenal. So gonna, fun. We're going to enjoy that episode. I think we're going to have a guest on that show, aren't we? Are possibly. We? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. If who, not. Whoever wants to join us for that. <laughs> who, wants to jo- who wants to join us for this episode? I think we'll have to have um, some uh, some special cocktails. Maybe sex on the beach. Maybe, oh, you know, oh, something, something, um, something jazzy. Very nice. That was I didn't even think of that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. She was slick there. <laughs> I'm so, pretty slick girl. Would you like to tell me about your chosen wow. soulmates piece? I have a feeling I know which artist it's by already. Well, I mean, I uh, it's not as if I have the book open laid out. No, in my but lap I mean, right I knew now. you were going to choose this artist. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. I'm gonna put my phone away because I was just ogling Gustav Klimt. Then, <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know. My my great love is uh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo de Marisi Caravaggio, and he is just a nut job. Yeah, he's a <laughs> fucking nut job. He's <laughs> a bit um, of a strange man. He is. I mean, on first uh, on first glance of his work, dark, brooding, shocking. It, it has high contrast. Mm. I mean. But it pops and mm. it's electric and it's like looking at a stage of drama mm. and it's always telling a story, uh, even even if it's, you know, just a stage. I mean, it, I mean you see so many uh, paintings from this era um, that tried to emulate this sort of move into, uh, move away from neoclassicism into sort of Baroque where mm. it was, I mean... <laughs> If I ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> no, oh. I, I know, terrible. Um, so, at the time, you know, I mean, Caravaggio was uh, around from 1571 to 1610. Mm-hmm. So, he wasn't very old when he died. 38, right? He was a, a flaming fireball until his demise, which I will I will <laughs> tell you about. Um, but it's a good story. Yeah, but basically, um, at the time, neoclassicism was huge. I mean... Michelangelo, before that, quite a way before, he was edging on the idea of um, 
real form and you know he, he kind of it, it, it exploded that a little bit it was a little bit too too uh, rigid yeah mm. rigid but um beautiful mm. um but this whole uh idea of painting things that um weren't real that were only symbolic for religion and things like that um that was a, a running amok throughout all of Rome, throughout mm. all of Europe, because, I mean, the whole idea was that religion had to be at the forefront of everything. Mm. And Caravaggio, he questioned that. Mm. He he took the idea of what, you know, religion and faith is and flipped it on its head. I mean, he was a fucking maverick. Like, people loved and hated him. He was, he was like this... Jake Paul, you've got nothing on Caravaggio. <laughs> he was the original maverick. <laughs> right? Um, and he used this, uh, he, I mean, like, he used this, uh, term, um, this technique called chiaroscuro, which we see it every day now, uh, through camera work, mm. when, uh, you have a light reflecting through a tiny, um, like, hole, mm. and it refracts, um, and you can see the image that's being shown in front of it mm. when the light, you can, you can do it at home if you've got, like, a, a like, a, Pinhole. A pinhole camera yeah. or like a pinhole like lens um, or uh, on the door frame like a oh yeah yeah like you through hold, a key yeah keyhole. through keyhole or through an eye an eye oh my god my words today um through a peephole mm. <laughs> um if you hold a bit of uh, paper up to it mm. you can see outside being refracted uh, backwards anyway this uh, use was this uh, uh, technique was being used quite a lot back mm. then however. It would always always be used in this style, which was about drawing the exact um, uh, way, but also making it entirely sacred. Mm. You know, it was all about making the human body sacred and making it beautiful. And what they lost in that is the fact that real beauty in art comes from uh, the the true realness of a body how it moves how it slops onto a, a sofa and how mm. it really looks and if you can see the sallowed skin on the face and real things bodies like that. yeah real but the the fact is is that um caravaggio he burst onto the scene mm. i mean he did was not loved for by who he divided nations um in half really um but he came onto the scene and he um, painted with this viciousness, this veracity that um, brought these figures from the dark into the light mm. with like such wonderful colour. Like you don't realise just how much colour is in these paintings. You look at it first, it's just black and white. But then you go further and further into mm. it. It's like looking at a stage and looking at this play being like... Um, performed in front of you. The first time I actually saw a Carav Caravaggio was when I went to the V&A mm. and it just was, it really, it was, I was, I mean, I was, what, maybe 13, I think, mm. the same as you, when you discovered Klimt, when um, my uh, great Great tutor, Mr. Dickerson. Oh, Mr. Dickerson! He, shout he's... out Westbourne crew. He he changed my perspective on art, and he I think he saw what I really loved, mm. and allowed me to sort of follow that, regardless mm. of like 
sort of the eroticism or sexuality or any of that, you know? Like, he knew that artwork is beyond all of it. Mm. It, it, it. Lap up as much as you can. Mm. Um, and he gave me a book on Caravaggio and I just remember sitting on the couch and I was absorbed by it, mm. like, totally enamoured. And it had the, the darkness and the pull and the story that really ignited my imagination. Whereas, like, with the patterns and everything ignited yours, mm. it was uh, the, the realness of mm. bodily figures and sort of the, the sexual connotations with it that really, like, ignited my love for him. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, they had an exhibition on. Uh, so when I got to actually go to an exhibition, they had one on at the B&A again uh, called Beyond Caravaggio, which I got to go see about two years ago. And you walk down the staircase into, like, the vaults. And I looked across and I saw... Um, I, I looked across and I saw St. John the Baptist. Mm. And this painting was so glorious to me when I first saw it. Like, I would draw it and repaint it and I emulated it in a lot of my work and it's um it's religious mm. but it's just I mean the story of St John the Baptist is you know he's a he's a shepherd and he's meant to be sort of an old man but he draws him as this lean attractive you know perfectly skinned um and Am I right in saying man. this was one you tried to emulate in high school when we were doing our GCSEs? And didn't you have our friend pose for it? Absolutely. And I had you pose for it, remember? I did similar... I well, Not for this. Oh, but... yeah. Wasn't I chopping someone's head off in one of them? Yeah, the... yeah. That that was... That's Judith killing... Oh, yeah. I posed um, for Judith, didn't yeah. I? Um, that, that is in here, too. Um, but... but no, I remember our friend Rob <laughs> posing for St. John the Baptist so you could do your own interpretation of I it. I did, yeah. He had the Hi, right... Rob. <laughs> Hi, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Rob had the right hair and the right mm -hmm. uh, physique to pull it off. And mm. so I just draped, like, a red robe around him and took mm. loads of pictures. And then just started emulating Caravaggio because, like, I was so... I just so desperately wanted to be as... I, w I wanted to sort of absorb... Um, Caravaggio through painting him, mm. you know? So, yeah, I mean, this it, it's a love affair, really. It, it really was a love affair with um, Caravaggio, and it still is, and he still is at the heart of how I enjoy artwork, too. Mm. And when people see my artwork now, they see a lot of colour, they see a lot of happiness. Yeah, they you see... wouldn't expect <laughs> when you see her style in comparison to Caravaggio. Like, you'd just be a bit like, hold on. And when what? they meet me, they're like, oh yeah, there ain't no darkness there. And there isn't. However, it's being able to look on the precipice of all this darkness or deep story or dark history or whatever and and let it absorb into you without it affecting you mm. and enjoying it, you know? I just, I love it. Um, but I mean, I've been kind of rambling on about how much I love him. I'll give you some more facts about him, shall I? Okay, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, he was 38 when he died. So young, mm. so young. But he had a very tumultuous life. So yeah. um, he first 
Uh, he had, had a little bit of fame when he was starting to do commissions because people were, like loving his stuff. They're like, oh wow, he's really he's coming through the ranks. Because mm. when you when you see good artwork, you know it's good artwork. Mm. Um, and when it's something new, you want to invest in it. So people started to do that. He started to get commissions. However, the commissions that he started to do were not necessarily ones that were appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and because these are massive oil paintings. Mm. Um, they're, they're commissioned and they take a few, uh, you know, years or whatever to mm. make. And so when they eventually get given, there's this horrible shock when mm. it isn't exactly what they want. And a really great ex- uh, example of this is when he uh, painted uh, Death of the Virgin. Mm. Right. So like I was talking about earlier with like the neoclassicism and people painting uh, bodies in a very angelic mm. way. Um, you know, and the whole idea of, like, in Catholicism, especially with, like, emulating them on the walls and uh, mm. paintings and things like that, is that um, when people died, like Jesus or uh, his mother Mary um, or anyone uh, of religious sort of connotations, is that they would leave the earth with their body um, and because it was all holy and, and there was mm. never anything left behind. It was yeah. kind of this sort of angelic experience. Mm. He threw you back down to earth with this painting. Um, I should really find it in here for you. But basically, you have this chasm of a painting with this woman in red, like, bulging from death, laying in the middle, surrounded by men and women just so overcome with sadness that she's gone she's physically dead you can see that she's dead Mm. and she's lying there lifeless and bloated um which is entirely not the (laughs) angle of uh because i mean it was a it was a a, 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 like a nunnery that actually had commissioned this Mm. so can you imagine yeah (laughs) when he's like here you go here you go gals here you go put this up on you all love it like <laughs> they were just like no we're not having that this is ridiculous um although of course it gives such a new perspective on the reality of life and death mm. and the real sorrow about it too mm. it's showing real emo- emotion mm. and real devotion too i mean if anything it's more of a love for the uh, for the faith than anything else mm. you know as opposed to just being like they ascended and they were gone and they were happy it's showing that morning it's a real uh loss of life mm. um but the real sort of crux of the whole thing is that other than the fact that she he painted someone who looked dead he painted a dead body he found a, a dead corpse floating in the river and used uh, it uh, to paint I from can, i can see why people would get upset about that yeah yeah um and i mean obviously there was talk of her being a prostitute but Whenever they talk about any woman in the past, it's normally, like, designated as a prostitute. So who knows? Probably not. There's nothing wrong with prostitution, as long as it's, you know... Consensual. Yeah, sex working. Fun, fun. So anyway, yeah. So you do you. (laughs) So, um, I mean, but in the meantime, he was also doing really amazing pieces. Um, Like you were talking earlier with uh, Judith cutting off the head. Doing really Mm. biblical stories and still really just developing his skills and he would insert himself into so many of the paintings too. Mm. Um, like the martyrdom of uh, ooh, Matthew, I think. 
um, where it's a whole sort of uh, chaotic scene and mm. whereas in so many other paintings an assassin would be hidden away in this it's only the assassin that's highlighted in the center of the piece mm. and he is murdering and stabbing in full daylight a saint mm. you know it's shocking and it's like wow um, and it just hadn't been done before. And you, but as you're looking around, all these people running away and screaming, and there's so much movement within this mm. dramatic scene. In the background, you can see Caravaggio's face looking over his shoulder at the scene. Mm. He would he would paint himself in so many. Um... Did he have a little bit of an ego then? Oh my god! Yeah, like he was a bit of a bro. He he loved himself, but he but I think he only loved himself because he was so. Confident in himself, do you think? Or I, there was a certain amount of confidence, but he was. Um, I think he was deluded on his own ability and need. Mm. I don't think people came into the scenario with him. It was always more. Always more. He wanted more from uh, what he could make and do. It Very was self-involved. Yeah, and it, he didn't really care for money. He didn't really care for a sort of, you know, that kind of thing. He he, de- he definitely didn't have, like, a massive house or anything. He, you know, worked in a studio, but, like, he'd just have money for booze and food and... Oh, woman. Woman. I nearly said a bad word there. I was going to say whore, but I didn't. But she just did. <laughs> um, and there's a really iconic story showing uh, his, like, uh, neuroses mm. and temper, like, flying off the rails temper um where he was in a pub and he was with all of his friends because he had lots of you know art friends and they were all like joking around and um uh, a waiter comes up well waiter in the 1500s yeah. um a waiter comes up serving him artichokes and i think they're the artichokes are either in um brine and you want them in oil or something like that he nearly like kills the man because he flies off the rails that he hasn't been given the right thing. Mm. Um, this then then translates uh, into the fact that he then decides to have a duel with a man, killing him over mm. a woman. Although I distinctly think that he might have been like sort of for everyone. I don't think he was you know sort of binary. I think he was very much he loved okay. men, women, orgies, everything. He was yeah. He just wanted more. Um, and yeah, so. Uh, the duel ended in, like, a fatal blow uh, for this gentleman. So he ended up having to go on the run. He ended up in this brotherhood, um, which was, like, uh, outside of where... Uh, outside of Rome or wherever he was living. I should have researched that. Um, and anyway, he lived at this brotherhood for a really long time. And it sort of kind of brought him down a little bit. Gave him a little bit more humble. Yeah. Um, sort of high. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Perspective. he... Yeah, and he painted a lot of the he painted a lot of things there, and um, he was still commissioned for things. Um, however, he then uh, decides to get in another brawl with uh, a gentleman of the Brotherhood. Um, I think he does. He either really badly injures him or kills him, um, and because of that, he is sort of, sort of you know sent to or he's on the run, and he gets put into sort of jail or something similar. And he, or it's kind of, it, I think he's a part, he's still a part, he's like not a part of the Brotherhood, but he's mm. in a place where he can, he can still paint. Mm. Um, and so he, you know, he's just like trying to get a pardon and 
he's trying to get his message back to the sort of the head of the brotherhood to be like you know i didn't mean to do this and he's sort of being really repentful um and he decides to paint um a, an amazing uh, piece which is probably the most like um self uh self deprecating but like just it, it's a piece that offers himself up on a plate mm. to say I'm sorry I didn't mean for this mm. because there's a bounty on his head right so people someone could kill him and give his head back to the the guy who you know is meant to like could it give him one. yeah yeah um and he's like he paints this um this portrait of um uh, David and Goliath mm. and it's his head that's been cut off mm. and it's on like a it's being held up uh, by David this really like angelic boy um beautiful boy he'd always paint such beautiful boys mm. dark hair lights you know it's like really wonderful skin mm. um and really like brooding eyes and he would uh you'd find them in like so many of his paintings just these heavy lidded eyes um, and anyway, he, he painted this painting um, to kind of say, you know, I don't want to give you, um, please don't kill me, but I'll offer you my head up here, you mm -hmm. know, as uh, like an apology, um, this, this painting would be. And um, he eventually uh, is able to sort of travel to sort of receive a pardon mm -hmm. right um and he's like oh my god you know this this i'm gonna give this painting as a thank you like thank you you know my life is my own again um and so anyway he sets out to travel back to sort of you know the main city i think it is rome he was very much a part of that mm. that culture um and so he he gets on the boat and he goes with his with his painting, mm -hmm. um, and they dock. Although they, they weren't meant to they weren't meant to dock. And they're like, right, everyone get off the boat, go have a you know drink or whatever. We just need to go do some things. Anyway, the boat leaves without him. His painting is on the boat, and right. he's like, fuck, like oh my god, like this this was gonna be how I got my pardon back. Like they never, you know, oh my god. So instead of you know, as a normal person would just wait for another boat and go and you know catch it down at the next dock he decides to then go walking and running and slogging through the marshland um trying to follow and flag down the boat mm -hmm. then, desperation though yeah isn't it, it yeah. is and there's so much desperation in caravaggio it's not rational he he was deluded on many things but passionate mm. about everything intense i mean I'm not sure I'd... I wouldn't want to be in a relationship yeah. with someone like that. No. <laughs> That's hard work. I... I love a passionate person, but... I'd like to... Was... I'd like to see him as as I can now mm. through history, through mm. stories, but face-to-face. -face. Must have been quite terrifying, yeah. this person, to so, encounter. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was a murderer. Yeah. He... He painted dead bodies, he's murdered people, yeah. you know. yeah. You, know, um, you need to kill someone for bringing him the wrong art jokes. I mean, he's not an easy man to get on with, let's be honest here. Yeah. He's a character. <laughs> a character. Um, and so he goes running through the marshes, slogging away, mm -hmm. and he ends up getting malaria. Ah. 
and he ends up having to uh, stop midway through the marshland in this hut and he just ends up dying a really miserable death alone unable to reach the destination of where his painting mm. was going and the ironic thing is is that the painting got to the person but he had already died like his payment had been made yeah but he was already dead yeah and 38 he was yeah. so young and voracious so vivid and shocking he went out with a bit of a well he went out with a, a whimper it yeah, just came in with a bang and then fizzled out a bit, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bit of, a, bit of a strange one, but... He is. He is, he is a strange like one. many of our great artists, some of them had oddities. Mm. I think the the crazy is often sliced very closely with the genius. Don't you know? lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've barely scratched the surface on why I love him so much, but it has been... This very weird, long love affair with him, mm -hmm. and it's it's so bizarre to say because I mean you have those people who are like, oh my god, I'm in a love affair with the Wuthering Heights and all this other. It's it's nothing like that. It's this it's this I don't know deep kind of carnal like need to understand more and it it's it's influenced so much of my work mm. um, because it's like going into space. It's like going into a dark ether and finding out new stuff about life, you know? Mm. <laughs> that, yeah. And um, I'm really so grateful that I was able to have such exposure to this at mm. such a young age, um, to be mesmerised by it, mm. because it led on to other artists yeah. that I love, like Benini and, you know, and Rothko and all these other people mm. that go into the deeper part of mm. um, what art can be like. Um, so yeah, like, as, as Soulmates Go, Soulmates Go, it's kind of, um, it's a dark one for me. It mm. really is. Considering if you know what Rosie in person, you know how light and bubbly <laughs> she is. So Caravaggio, is a, has her choice is kind of like, it seems strange, but then it's that balance, isn't it? Mm. It's that balance. Very yin and yang, but yeah. simul simultaneous with all of it mm. it's all cohesive it's all part of the same thing it's mm. all influencing one another mm. and um yeah i mean even now i can i can see the the relevance of what all this stuff looks like in the films mm. i love and the artwork that i like and mm. sort of the passions of life that i feel you know it's all the passions of life yeah yes. it's all okay this yeah. is what i'm saying you know and it's okay to not understand art and just go in and experience sort of the rush of like um what, what it makes you what feel the, yeah what the paintwork is doing to you mm. so yeah so caravaggio man he is he's it's a long love affair <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we both obviously love these artists and we will share images. Could you could you tell? Could you tell how much we love these these are our favourites? Um yeah, it's a nice one to come nice episode to come back and do. Yeah. As our first one back after a while to get us 
talking about art again. Makes us love um, it again. I mean, we never stop. We never, it. yeah, we never don't. Oh, it's it's our, it's in our blood, but it's nice to talk about it. Yeah. So we recommend that you go and check these people out and go and discover artists like them and discover what you like because yeah. what you like might not be what we like, and that's absolutely fine. Like, I can appreciate Caravaggio, but like, he's not like someone I'd have on my wall. Yeah. Um, you know, like you love Rothko, but. Yeah, I mean, you went to and, the exhibition we talked about I, this before. Like Rothko, he's just, he's just not my bag, man. Oh, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, know, you don't have to like the same thing that everybody else mm-hmm. likes. And we've said this before, you know, art is like so subjective. Absolutely. And it can mean so many different things. It can mean nothing at all. You know, what you like yeah, it doesn't be, have to be... It can be nonsense. And if you enjoy it, then that's fine. Yeah, so, you know, go and check them out. And if you don't like them, you don't like them. But go and check out other people as well. You know, yeah. we're going to be suggesting people on our on our pages Mm -hmm. and you know showing you things and pointing you in these directions just go and experience it just go and get involved whether you want to just enjoy art or do you want to like get into art you you know if you want to try your hand at something never too late just to enjoy it you know and if you feel like you've been out of the game with enjoying it jump back in because it's it's great and there's so much going on oh my god there's so much, and it's so, you know, I mean, the internet can be a scary place, but it's also a wonderful place. Like, mm. you know, we've got so many... That yin and social, yang, you know? <laughs> we've got so many social media platforms now where you can access such yeah. amazing artwork, be it, you know, digital, traditional, you know, tattoo and body art, to um, films, makeup, makeup films, yeah. video games. I mean, there's so much going on all the time, you know? So just just go out there and find what you love. That's that's what we're getting at. That's what this whole Soulmates episode is about. <laughs> Find what you love yeah. in the art world, whatever form it is, and you know, be passionate about it, and yeah. don't be don't be ashamed of it. Mm. So you know, love what you love and enjoy it. Isn't that the best message of oh, all? We sounded so oh. Oh, <laughs> up ourselves. Um. I, I I think we've done pretty well with this, though. I'm, I mean, I hope that we've been able to sort of express to you that we love these people so much, and that and that's okay, you know. so we should probably wrap this up with our recommendations this week oh well yes I do have a recommendation actually I actually did want to talk about it as part of my soulmates thing Mm -hmm. Um, but then realised I was already talking too much (laughs) about uh, my my love of uh, Caravaggio Um, and that is James Jean do you have you I mean you kind of know from my love of him, mm. don't you? Yeah. Well, James Jean is a Taiwanese-American visual artist. Mm. Um, and he I was born in 1979, so he is in full swing right now. But honestly, his artwork is fucking amazing. And, like, I've been able to infiltrate his artwork into my home and into my job. She's sitting everywhere. <laughs> I convinced uh, my, my folks at work to be like, I think we should get two canvases of his work. Yes, yes, yes. And they're like, okay. So I got to have like two pieces of artwork that I just love looking at every single day. He has this uh, wonderful sort of pop art, but also illustrative, illustrative uh, manga, but uh, higher art style. You know, it's really hard to put your finger on. It, it really it? is. I mean, the only thing I would suggest would would suggest is just go and look at it. Mm. It's not James Dean. It's James Jean, right? Again, we will yeah. link I'll, these all on our Instagram. I will. Um, but my favourite is Adrift 2, I think it's called. And he, his paintings are huge. They cover, like, a- absolutely massive walls. 
and he does huge exhibitions and most of the, most of his stuff is either you know painted on oil or uh, digital um, but he weaves in a lot of like you know really modern uh, sort of you know TV and, and uh, comic and film um, commissions in with his you know own original work he's done a lot of front covers for uh, the fable comics mm. which are really cool um, he also did a cover for um, Blade Runner the oh, 2040. Yeah. 2049 the you know the new one um and also he did one for mother which was really good with jennifer uh lawrence yeah holding the harp uh-huh. that was really amazing and also shape of water because i mean you couldn't pick a, a better artist to do uh, a cover for that film just beautiful film anyway thoroughly recommend him he's amazing you will want to have him on everything that, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's my recommendation. James Jean, check okay. him out. <laughs> Continuing with the Jays, uh, my recommendation this week is actually another writer, because I, oh. you know, I recommended one, I can't remember what episode I recommended him. I think in. it was the first one? Oh, yeah, I think yeah. in our first episode I recommended um, Christopher Poindexter, who's yeah. one of my favourite poets. Um, I'd also like to recommend uh, someone called Jay Ironword, who uh, works from Houston, Texas. That's where he's based. Uh, I discovered him through Instagram. Um, Great place to discover things, isn't it? Yeah. So, and I just love, just love his pieces. He does, you know, he does some longer pieces, some shorter pieces. Um, you can find him at Jay Ironwood. Sorry, let me try that again. You can find him at J dot Ironwood on Instagram, and his website is www.jironwood.com. Um, again, like Christopher Poindexter's work, really accessible. He posts a lot of it online. Um, yeah, just really, just nice, easy to digest things. Um, Thought provoking. Um, and I kind of chose his soulmates because they're, you know, he does a lot of the romantic sides, obviously. Um, mm. You know, you do find a lot of that in poetry. It talks about a lot about emotions. So, you know, if you're feeling a bit, you know, you want to indulge yourself in some soppy writing, you know, go for it. <laughs> so, but no, again, really like his stuff. So, yeah. I said so a lot in the last sentence a few I'm, times. I'm, I'm quite happy to hear you talk. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you've got a little uh, little slice for us to listen to. I can I can find you a slice of Mr Ironwood if you would like. <laughs> I would love that. And I think our listeners, hi, would also <laughs> enjoy that too. Oh, which one should I choose? That one's a bit raunchy. Maybe not that one. Oh, well, soulmates. Do a raunchy one. Go on. <laughs> and on that erotic note okay so jenny have you found one yes i have found one as we are doing soulmates i have one that is slightly raunchier um not all of his stuff is this raunchy oh tell it to me but this one um does make me smile rather so it is (laughs) he's the kind of guy that holds your hand in public and holds them down in private (laughs) isn't that what we all secretly want at heart sweet to the point yes but no, he does do some really lovely, lovely little pieces as well. Um, that one is, as I say, slightly raunchier. Um, but yeah, some of them are really sweet, you know, there's sort of romantic things. Yeah, it's just, just nice. He's got a good grid going on too. I quite like the... Um, good layouts. Yeah, good layout. Oh, this is a nice one that I've liked before as well. So this is another one of his, it is... Her truth is not and will never be up for debate. <laughs> so there we go, folks. That's... Ah, oh, that's us down to a T, doll. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I I thoroughly enjoyed today. Yeah, I think we've had a good first episode back. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening back with us. We'll be back again with you soon. Mm, yeah, I would say that it's going to be next week, isn't it? I think. For uh, the next... Well, for us it's next week. Yeah. For you it's a time warp. <laughs> yeah, who knows when you're listening to this. Who knows. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be recording again real soon. And, and back to a regular scheduled viewing and listening time. I know. Yeah. You can await us posting it each week. So look out for updates on our Instagram, which is at Drunk Art Review. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, you can get us both on there. We all both have our personal pages linked on there. And what is yours, Jenny? Mine is jennifer.ellen.chem. And that is my Instagram handle. You can find me there. You can drop me a message if you have any queries or mm-hmm. questions. I'm sure many people would want to know um, more personally from you you've always seemed to have some good uh, suggestions on that front um and yeah uh my handle is rosie la like r-o-s-i-e-l-a-h um on instagram um and also it's rosie la studio on twitter always like a tweet at me and also you can also find my um website which is www.rosielar.com um you can you know email me through that instagram pigeon whatever throw. don't throw a rock from my don't throw a rock from my window but maybe a letter no, maybe box. I should add I also have a Twitter that you can get me on <laughs> I would just like to compare the two though so uh, my Instagram is beautifully curated curated and quite lovely to look at um, my Twitter is a shitstorm of all of my <laughs> random ideas and random retweets of stupid stuff that just I love so um, if we you, all love a mind dump I was going to say depending on what side of my personality you would like to find you can head over to my Instagram um, if you, would <laughs> you like, are naughty or nice <laughs> If you want the uh, balls to the wall crazy side of me, <laughs> head over to Twitter where I at I'm listed as at Jen J E double N underscore Ellen underscore Ken. I believe. Yeah, come find us. <laughs> All right. Well, that is um, us for this week, and we are so happy that you came along to listen with us. Uh, we hope that you really enjoyed Gustav Klimt, Jenny talking about how much she loves him, and uh, I hope you enjoyed me talking and waffling on about Caravaggio, because I love him too. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that, <laughs> um, that is us signing out. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. Bye.